the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Everybody, welcome to uh, probably the last USL show of the 2020 regular season. Hiya, your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger. I'm Malali here, joined by uh, two of my favorite soccer friends. One, the wavy span of the St. Louis Metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It is the illustrious, the uh, heavily tattooed Phil Grimms. Oh, feeling yeah. good tonight because we got a goal. You should. Yeah. Not from our team, but uh, might as well. Have hey, been. you know, you take it how they come, right? So, right. Uh, Mr. Mr. Sparks, a, a bottle of, of, I don't even know, Aunt Bush Light coming to you? He can't even drink, can he? <laughs> no, 17-year-old. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. Uh, redacted. Redacted. That whole thing redacted. <laughs> Off the record. <clears throat> 90 plus uh, five, a goal to keep. St. Louis in the playoffs for sure, oh, or uh, in the playoff race for sure. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. Also here, uh, it's one half of the stats department. Um, your favorite resident of North Carolina, who didn't leave to go to Richmond to do something that's irrelevant, probably. It's right on. Hello, Evan. How are you? And yeah. I. Oh yeah, go for it. Sorry. I was going to say at least uh, tonight, it, it, I think it's been the first time at all that it's a full Eastern Conference confidential reunion oh. episode. Oh, oh. Wow, 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 wow. I am not drunk enough for this. <laughs> um, I like oh, it, man. No, I'm, I'm good. A uh, little, uh, little quick cheeky shout out to my dear friends at uh, Minneapolis City for uh getting screwed over by a fake club started by a guy who hates poor people uh that botted a tournament to determine the best kit in lower league soccer um they should have won that but you know hey i got a kid swap out of it so <laughs> it's a great kit uh, you it's know a- i didn't even think the other one was that good a lot no. of people I think I'm alone in that, but I well, thought... and you know, it's fun when the it was a Space United FC, which is a bunch of SpaceX people that formed a soccer team, hmm. um, which is all well and good, but man, 400 votes in 10 minutes is not legitimate at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this this kit that I'm wearing by Stimulus is really nice. Space United, of course, beat the Philadelphia Falcons previous, who had a a uh, trans pride flag kit that icarus fc did one of our sponsors just to be full disclosure but that was a very good kit that lost on some shenanigans and voting wise and now i'm over it and we'll move on guys we're uh it's been crazy this week actually tonight even earlier in the usl championship with a couple of strange results i guess since you're here phil we'll talk about it sporting kansas city 2 indy 11 1 yeah yeah, Kansas City scored first, actually, too. They did. Uh, a nice counterattack goal. Or no, 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 no. I think that was actually on a corner. Um, but then Indy did what they did well and, and equalized. But in 90 plus five, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
Mr. What's his first name? Something Sparks. I had it pulled up. Bailey. I always feel like it's Keaton Sparks, but I know Bailey. It's Bailey Sparks. Bailey. Bailey. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Bailey Sparks, seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Uh, great goal. I mean, very good hit. Able to settle it and you know fire it from outside the box, I believe, and went in the top right corner. You know, and Andrew Carlton's goal as well. Nice. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. A lot of news from him. Make sure you go check out that article from Jeff Reuter about yeah. him. Um, I like it. And I also loved uh Tutul Raman. I forgot his how to say his last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. I mean he uh he wrote a nice tweet saying kind of equalizing um where Carlton's playing in the USL against yeah. Erste Divisi in uh the Netherlands compared yeah. to you know Mendez and Ledesma. It's I don't know how much difference there is between those leagues as far as uh quality of play, the style yeah. of plays. But otherwise, you know, sure. it could be argued. It could be argued. Um, yeah, I mean, man, Indy 11, just uh, the possession is a meaningless stat group. Probably have loved Indy 11 this year. Yeah, man. 61% of the ball and you, you come away with a loss. Granted, probably would have been a draw any other night. Maybe. But, uh, I mean, man, for a team with, you know, a back line of Carl, we met Patty Barrett, Neville Hackshaw, and then you have, you know, Tyler Pasher, Cam Lindley, Carl Hayworth. Like, it, what are you guys doing? What's happening? It's just, I say it a million times a year, it's harder to win that way. You know, if you're the better team, it's harder. More expectation. Yeah, and well, if the other team can just sit back and wait for a mistake, that's a lot easier than breaking down mm-hmm. another, another defense. You know, it's yeah, yeah, it's hard. They were they've been up against it this year, and then Louisville doing what they always do um, yep. doesn't help it. Being in a group of death for sure has been pretty yeah. tough. The fact that Kansas City is the worst team in the group and mm. they've got as many wins as they have this year in a, in a right. talented what we assume is a talented group. It's just so crazy. I hope I haven't yeah. beaten that to death, but I'm still just uh, uh, keep, keep going. I know it's gone. Yeah. Ryan, your thoughts. It sets up a uh, final match of the season, uh, basically winner take all fixture between Indy 11 and St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis basically needs to win to stay alive. It'll go. That would then equalize both teams on a uh, seven wins each tiebreaker then it would go to goal difference, which currently in the 11 have a plus three goal difference. St. Louis is at zero. So in essence, they need to make up that goal differential to turn around the result. But it's basically all over to St. Louis here for what could be the final time we see them in the league, unfortunately, to basically stay alive and make the playoffs. And they could very well be facing now a Hartford team that control basically controls their group after a really freaky goal after uh, at the end of their match against uh, Evan, your union too. They're not mine. Get out of here. Ah, come on. You, someone's got to claim them. No, <laughs> listen, listen, they are still listed as Bethlehem steel on Google. <laughs> and and in your <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a different, it's a different setup. Listen here. I'll save everyone the trouble names. You're going to want to know. Camp Stafford, Paxton Aronson, Jack DeVries, Jack McLean, Cole Turner, done. 
that's what it's all about now, right? That's it's all, all about need. the kids and what they'll become. It's all about those kids, and that's great. But I'm worried that it, they keep losing all the fucking time, and no one's there to tell them they care. Well, I thought what was interesting about tonight is that they kind of showed some grit, right? They were yeah. the old Bethlehem Steel style. Uh, we're going to surprise you guys. No. That was now imagine thought. if they you know, had that consistently all throughout the year. San Diego make it 2 nothing. by the way. Um, <laughs> nice. Live results. Yeah, live, yeah, yeah. Twenty-first minute there. They just, they just got a second one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, listen, the kids are good. There's no denying that. Paxton Aronson scores in the Olympico that hits uh, your man. Um, I can't even try with that. Novotny, the the Hartford keeper in the face. So it was exciting. Uh, I guess it was credited off of Cohen, but yeah, it's a good, good little misdirection there by Pax and then Jack McLean I think can hit just about any ball you'd want him to and he's only like 16 so you know they're not mine but yeah a really interesting third goal for for Hartford um the union keeper goes to throw it right down Main Street and Danny Barrera kind of gets a gets a foot to it off a weird half scorpion kick and it, it goes in so um and and that Changed everything, right, Ryan? Which is crazy. I'm sorry if I missed it, but yeah. So now, yeah, that changed basically the entire group. At this point, now Hartford uh, controls the top of the group, I believe. As of at the moment, yeah, they're a point ahead of Pittsburgh with the match to go, and Hartford has New York Red Bulls too as their final Mm. fixture. Whereas Pittsburgh has Union too, so Hartford just needs to win their final match, and they will win the group right there. All right, so it, in essence, changed the course of the entire group. Not only that, the that will then line up that if Pittsburgh finishes two, they now draw a very difficult and informed Louisville City in the first round of the playoffs, rather than hosting either Indy 11 or St. Louis FC, all because mm-hmm. the Union two keeper, Lorius Carius, that, that goal. Yeah. Um, crazy that that had an effect at all. How <laughs> so, mad are you if you're Pittsburgh at that, right? Right. How, and, yeah. to be and honest, especially after the result they just had against Hartford yeah. uh, last Saturday of yeah. a 1 0 defeat. Um, yeah. I, I, I can, if Pittsburgh's season basically ends at the hands of Louisville. Well, in the playoffs for that first round match, we can basically trace it back to this one week of USL action as the root cause of it all. Yep. It's just crazy that they're not heads and shoulders above everyone else in that group. Well, and, and I think it's funny, and I don't know, maybe Hartford took notice, but I think, what was it, after the first time? Because like Hartford was rolling. Then they came up against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and got smacked. And then all the Riverhounds fans started talking like all kinds of shit about how Hartford wasn't actually good. And now, <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks that that was the goal that might have doomed you to quote unquote doomed you to playing Louisville in the first round. But there you go. Yeah, since Saturday, September 12th, when Pittsburgh beat Hartford at home 5-0, Hartford went on a five-match unbeaten run, winning four of their last five, conceding mm-hmm. just three – sorry, four goals in that time. 
they have some real weird wins and weird losses. Hartford does, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say Pittsburgh is a little more steady. Um, and especially compared to last year in the beginning of the year, we were worried about Pitt- Pittsburgh because they were on such a bad start. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say they started really hot this year. And, and perhaps if you're worried about Pittsburgh, it's just because of the streakiness of the playoffs mm-hmm. where you want to go in hot and they're not necessarily hot right now, but um, you know, I'm looking at their results in the last few weeks. They've lost twice to teams who had red cards <laughs> yeah it's very strange it's a very strange situation um a very different pittsburgh riverhounds this year a, a very different lily team is i guess what i want to say and in a lot of different ways so hopefully you're listening to mongols see so you can figure that out as well yeah um and, and then had a match yeah that was a weird are... situation New York Red Bull too in North Carolina FC play in uh, in Richmond, Virginia, of all places, the home of the Kickers. Uh, partly because in a weird college football FBS era, um, we need to prove something to the computer. North Carolina needed to play and win a game to prove that they could have the points to make the playoffs. And they did. They beat Red Bull three 0 today. Um, yeah, I had asked Tony this, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But I'm curious: when was the last time in USL, either USL Pro or USL Championship, that we had a neutral field game played in the regular season? I I don't know the answer, and I'm trying to look through like just all the historical results that when this possibly could have occurred. Because I neutral. feel like this is. Yeah. Yeah, because this is a neutral venue, quote unquote, even though NCFC is technically hosting it, I, I guess, since they're I guess closer than New York Road Bulls two to Richmond. But like it, it seems like this has been something that has happened before in USL. It's just like an odd scheduling this year. But obviously this result this match had been scheduled as a result of Loudon United canceling uh their yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, you know, good on North Carolina, I guess. If you're going to go through the trouble of organizing all that, you better win. Hmm. And they did. Although now it's all over to uh, Charlotte, basically, to determine the fate of NCFC for the remainder of the season. Uh, NCFC has a match in hand, but Mm. uh, currently being six points out with two games to go, they basically need to win out and make up uh, the wins and goal differential to ensure that if Charlotte or Birmingham and both pick up uh, wins or just even a result, that'll knock out uh, NCFC. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess credit to North Carolina for figuring something out. Credit to Red Bull for taking it. Too, I, I suppose yeah. Red could have just been. Now we're all right, but they obliged. Well get the experience, I suppose. Yeah, uh, you know, not going to kill anyone to play a game, I guess. But oh, man. in fact, it it actually worked out because uh, today's match uh, for Red Bull Two would have been against Loudon, so they would have been mm-hmm. in the area anyways. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one that I. Uh, if you were me earlier tonight, you looked down at your phone and you saw the Charleston battery at one point, I believe, were leading 
two to nothing. Three one at two one point by Nick Daly. Then you look down at your phone, you see it's uh, three three late on, and then you see Miguel Gonzalez scores in the eighty eighth minute. Miami FC a dramatic four to three win over the Charleston Battery, and Group H uh, gets thrown into the fire even farther. Miami's uh, the Miami FC's second goal in this match was really fantastic. Here. Yeah, I really and that was a really well done score. But uh, yeah, with this uh, result, it, um, and with Charleston just having the one match left against Tampa, unless they're able to make it up somehow, Tampa would have uh, pretty much sealed uh, the group win. I think I saw anyway, but well, I think I saw Matt from the Onion Substitutes on Twitter tweet out right after that Charleston game that I think a couple people I'll look stupid tomorrow. It'll be fine. I think a couple people in the in the Rowdies organization were told or think they were told that they won the group tonight. Um, which I could see that being a thing. I just I you know I know it's. You know, 10 at night by the time we get on to these, and uh, no one in their right mind is going to be around on the phone to, to answer that. So um, we'll see what happens with that tomorrow. Charleston Battery uh, absolutely choke away a victory here against Miami FC, which is unfortunate. And um, yeah. Unlike as of late as well. Un- very much unlike them as of late. Uh, they have been one of the most consistently good teams in uh, maybe the league <laughs> recently. Right. Uh, but, you know, leave it to Vincent Bezicourt to hit a beauty for, for Miami's second goal, like Ryan said. And then, you know, Seba Velasquez and Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, Miami have guys that can attack, that can really, really put dudes on skates. Um and honestly, actually, both teams here are unlucky to not score before that 88th minute uh, winner. Uh, I think both teams, either side of 70 minutes, had a chance to put it away. I know um, Dante Marini, I think, uh, almost found, um, who was it, Arthur Bosua, maybe, at the at the far post on a, on a cross that would have been a, a put-away goal. And then obviously, you know, Lloyd Sam, I think, had a chance for Miami late, but yeah, four three for for the Miami FC and uh, Charleston Rue there. There are missed chances among other things here. You, you have to wonder. Have... Go ahead. I was just going to say you actually have a former Battery player, Romario Williams, getting the first goal for yeah. the Miami FC in that match as well. And he well. had the assist on the last, I think. <laughs> Something. Man, I thought we'd see a lot of that this year. Not as much as I hope, but you know what I was about to say was uh, Paul Dag- Doglish. I think if he was in charge the entire year, mm-hmm. it looked different. They have improved since he's taken over for sure, um, in both defense and just in yeah. general. Um, they, but- I mean, listen, you could you could be a lot worse off, I think, than Lance Roseboom and Hassan and Dom as your center right. Backs. Come on, yeah. <laughs> With Bezik when Horton. I really think Dom was there because he didn't play the first several games, right? Um, I don't know if his injury or if they're just not too smart about their lineup. I don't know, but um, man, yeah, great team. 
I, next year, you know, I think they're the candidates for like bounce back and be killers. Kind of. Can thing. we reminisce ever so slightly and remember when Hassan and Dom put uh, Cincinnati in his pocket? <laughs> that was a good time. He's I not think my... Cincy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, they bought him. Did I didn't think they bought? Well, since he bought him, right? Yeah. Yeah, they drafted him. Oh. The expansion draft. Expansion draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he put a. Uh, because he put your man. G, was it GB Fall? <laughs> what did he do to G? Or was it Fernando Adi? No, it was Fernando Adi. Yeah, it was Adi. It was when yeah. since he had Adi and he put Adi yeah, in his pocket, pocket for like ninety yeah. minutes. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, and so they use the first round pick to draft in Dom, which I wanted them to pick them Dom anyway, because I think Haas is great. But yeah. I was like, not the first pick, guys. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Right. So I think uh, the Miami FC got dealt a rather difficult group against two really established uh, teams within the league. And mm-hmm. when we get back to next season to having a more normal uh, league structure, I have air quotes around that more normal because we'll see how next season will be set up. I feel like they will be certainly more improved, especially now that they got just kind of acclimated to how USL is run, what to expect for this season. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Miami FC plays going forward. Very much so. Rooting for them. I guess looking uh, westward, uh, uh, FC Tulsa picks up a 3-2 victory tonight over OKC mm-hmm. Energy, Energy, and it makes uh, Group D rather interesting because currently uh, RJV is beating uh, Austin Bold at the moment, and I feel like that's one that uh, Austin Bold really needs to win this game to kind of keep their playoff hopes alive as this will be their 15th match of the season as of right now, and their final match of the year would be against San Antonio FC sitting three points out of SC Tulsa and they need a basically a win and, and to make up the goal differential to stay alive in this instance. But FC Tulsa did themselves a real favor tonight, winning three to two. Um, I think we should give Pony a little credit because I think he was talking up Austin Bold. I mean, they had those problems in the, in the beginning of the season with COVID and roster size. Mm. And I think we all underestimated Bold, but They've really been solid both yeah. years, and Pony's been calling him out from the start, and he hasn't let let down on it. Um, Tulsa, I think we wanted to have a better year, but look at San Antonio. I don't know if we saw their attack becoming no. what, it, what it became well, this year. I mean, in, in fairness, like I think Tulsa, for essentially being an expansion club, has done more than fine. Um, and I think we have to we also have to realize that no one really got a proper year out of this, right? So the fact that you know that goes across the board tonight, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, the fact that that Loyal have done well enough, and and Tulsa have done well, and and Austin are doing well, and San Antonio has been as good as they have been. Um, I, I think obviously you can make the narrative whatever you want with any mm-hmm. team, really. Uh, except for maybe you know the MLS two sides, but um, hmm. I, I think you should get more credit if you've done well this year, uh, and that that's across the board. And you should not be raked over the coals as hard as you would be if this was a normal 2020 season if you didn't live up to expectations. 
I agree. It had to be something ridiculous, you know, like the Miami uh, FC firing. That was right, pretty right. warranted, but everyone yeah. else, I think, deserves a little space here. Yeah. Um, you know, I just said that m- the Miami FC is going to be one of those ba- bounce back candidates for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, this being such a short season and what it is, the fact that San Diego turned around, you know, that that loss kicking them out of the playoffs um, aside, uh, this team looks incredible now, you know, like they've already bounced back. They don't even need to wait till next year. They're just going well, to hit the running and maintain like that Rangers shape. partnership for them is huge. That's well, for yeah, Orange look, County. Uh, oh, yeah, that's for Orange County. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I mean. It's because of Allen. It's because Allen used to be OC. <laughs> I, that's I'm right. All the, all yeah, the time. I, well, and, you know, there's only 95 fucking teams in California. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> someone wants to pick not black as their home kit. That would be awesome. You play in California. Maybe. Maybe we don't go with black as, as the home. Think of the players. What you meant to say, it's the Landon Donovan connection is what's doing. The, yes. The, listen, anytime you have the guy that the, the MVP award for the top flight league is named after as your head coach, there's got to be something there. Yeah. He looks weird in the suit. I'm going to say it. They've cut to him a couple times in the broadcast tonight. Don't you feel like you're kind of watching a uh, like a romantic chick flick? And he's, he's like, <laughs> like Landon the, Donovan in a suit. No, yeah, like I feel like he's like an ancillary character for an Adam Sandler rom com. To be honest, yeah, exactly. He could do it. Yeah, um, he's got that like I, I'm kind of slobby, which is really funny because exactly. you know, he's a hell of an athlete, but he's got that kind of like disheveled look that i'm not really he gives me this uh shoot what's the movie bottle rocket owen and uh shoot, what are those guys names hold on hold on i'm almost there owen and I'm luke wilson there. yeah he, he gives well, me how did the, i get owen that man <laughs> i must talk to you a lot if i got owen and yeah. luke wilson out of you just saying bottle rocket and owen clues the LA Galaxy coaching tree grows. You have Donovan in San Diego, Gerard up in Glasgow. Oh my god. Oh my god. Connection, right? Wow. Took me a second. Wow. I love it. LA Galaxy legend Stephen Gerard. Does John Terry count then too? And I count Andrea Pirlo as an NYCFC legend. He's managing Juventus. <laughs> I laughed with the uh, Pirlo hiring that it took them six hours and 17 minutes between firing Sari and hiring Pirlo. Listen, they if you have your guy in the wings, you have your guy in the wings. I don't. They know could have saying. watched the entire Star Wars prequels, basically gone from episode one to... Sure. And Palpatine finding Anakin on Mustafar in episode three and then deciding that. (laughs) Yes, I I had gone back through and watched Revenge of the Sith for this fact alone. (laughs) No, I I have this in mind, but obviously when you go back through and watch Revenge of the Sith, at any point you have to finish out the movie, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. But I, I guess back to more uh, USL stuff. LA Galaxy 2 and Orange County is currently a 
one one which makes it interesting for that group because uh, with uh, San Diego being at 26 points live table as of right now with a 2 no result over Phoenix Rising current score line. Yeah. And you have Los Dos at 24 and OC at 22 points, mm-hmm. each one with just one match left to go. So there's still a small chance that San Diego could make it if either one of those teams drop their final result. Apologies, I thought they were out of it. Look yeah, at no, that. I think it's I, I think they showed a graphic, which was funny because I, I tried to read it and then got distracted. It's like if San Diego wins and LA loses. Yeah, Lucas' final game is against Phoenix, so it's very likely that they could drop that result. And if this current result holds that it's a draw, OC cannot make the playoffs. They would be out, Mm -hmm. assuming that San Diego also wins. So there's still a very outside possibility that uh, San Diego Loyal could find themselves in the playoffs. They just need certain results to break their way and to have no victor or from this match and again you know i i shook my head every time pony was like you never know with la galaxy what they're gonna do and i was just like get out of here you know like they're not gonna be meaningful in this group and look at them they are certainly are and they've had an effect whether or not they make the playoffs they've had a very strong effect on this group Mm I guess looking ahead to uh, potential really fun playoff matches as of live table, well, uh, we could be seeing a San Antonio, New Mexico first round match in the playoffs. I love that. Mm-hmm. That like would that be really, really oh fun. And even then you'd also get an El Paso uh, FC Tulsa or Austin bold match out of the other side of that part of the bracket. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think, man, I think San Antonio would just wipe New Mexico clean, depending on where it's played. But imagine if they had to, but then San Antonio, imagine if they had to run into El Paso in the very next match. Yeah, that's that's a tough, weird mix. Very different teams. That would, I honestly think in like any other year, that would be a Western Conference final. But in this type of season, we're getting that as a Western Conference semifinal. And you'd see a team like Reno, Sacramento, Phoenix, or San Diego, to name a current live top four, making it all the way into the final. Mm. So crazy. What What's the deal with Phoenix? Any, any, any thoughts on that? I know it's the kind of the shoring up the, of the defense that needs to happen. Um, I'm just kind of curious of perhaps they're going to get hot here at the end of the season, but I, I still feel like they've been inconsistent, um, consistently inconsistent, I suppose, in a way. Yeah. Um, 29 points. So they have the same amount of points as uh, El Paso at the moment. And currently only Reno and San Antonio have more points than them in the Western Conference. I, I think it's going to sound funny to say part of their problem. When when you have that many players and you have that many guys, like just literally that many people, or, or at least you have what feels like that many people, um, you, I would feel so compelled if I was if I was in the coach's shoes to ride the hot hand all the time, kind of at the expense of chemistry. Yeah. 
But I think that might be some of what's happening. That and and in a way, it feels like they try to to snap up one or two guys every year from teams in the Western Conference that really do damage against them. Just Santi Mauer being one back. of them. Santi, <laughs> hiya. Um, get that paper, my friend. Um, and like I, you know, and and so when you're talking about San Antonio and New Mexico playing each other in the first round this year, my first thought was, man, I'd love to see this year's San Antonio play New Mexico from last year with like yeah. Sandoval and Moore together, just I to agree. see, you know, like that dynamic of like a, just a really potent offensive attacking fluid team play, uh, the more defensive minded more more defensive minded than New Mexico was last year San Antonio. Um so yeah, I mean Phoenix is fine, Phoenix will always be fine. Phoenix is very much the leader of the Eastern, of the Western Conference in that it does not matter at all who they have on their team or what they do because they'll find ways to get points and and they always have enough impact players that they'll hurt you regardless of who's on the field. But um you know, I'd love to see just a touch more parity as far as big name guys on the on the Western Conference side of things. Hmm. I think it would be interesting any uh, potential match that they would have if Phoenix ran into uh, Reno in the Western Conference semifinals as Phoenix uh, lost to Reno in the regular season that was up in uh, Reno. And that's certainly not an easy place to go in and play. And obviously the concern arises from Reno that they haven't played as many or they haven't played the same caliber of teams as the rest of the Western Conference. But it's like that's a side that I think can have a very possible track into the Western Conference final if no one's paying attention. Yeah, they played in in uh, El Paso or in Reno for that one. I mean, I mean, Russell's a good coach. And when he's playing another offensive team, I think, or attacking team, I think uh, he stands a chance every time. Looks like yeah. Phoenix got a goal before the break. So San Diego now 2 1. Oh, it's getting tight. Mm-hmm. And it's not the half yet. Not the half yet. So, guess we'll be watching the second half of that game when we're it's done. A big here. one. Yeah. Me. I will. I'm um, doing this uh, live podcast, if you will, on just going through the results as they happen. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Unsustainable, but very nice, nonetheless. Well, Completely unsustainable, but very all, nice. All two viewers are really enjoying it right now. <laughs> hey, man. You know, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how to end this puppy. Phil, do you have a... Do you have a, do you have a prediction for St. Louis coming up? Are they able to do it? Can they keep... Can they keep those those colors and that crest on a shirt in a game mm-hmm. for for one more match longer than they're, I guess, by all intents and purposes, supposed to? Maybe. I'll I'll say two things: is that yep. you know, um, they're the they're the little guy and they're about to go out, and so I think anyone who's not an indie native is pretty much rooting for St. Louis, and I think there's something to that. There's some juju in the mix there, but mm-hmm. otherwise. They are exactly the kind of team that can beat a team like Indy. You know, I mean, it's not like they're going to go at Indy and attack them from go, you know, from word go. They're they're going to sit back and be careful because they know how dangerous they are and they're going to look for opportunities just like Kansas City did tonight. But 
uh, let's be honest, in my opinion, they're more talented than Kansas City. And so it'd be all the more dangerous. I think Indy might be more careful. And uh, I just, I really do. I just feel like the way things have gone down, the terrible luck St. Louis has always had on the field. Uh, maybe tonight was a turning point. Maybe, maybe we see some, something good for St. Louis on Saturday night. And it's what I'm rooting for as a St. Louis fan. I want to see my boys go out strong and um, they've had a good season. So, uh, you know, I'll be happy that this game actually means something in general. I, I hope I won't be too angry at the end, no matter what the, uh, what the result is. Like I was in the last game on Saturday, it was a, it was a rough game. I don't know if anyone watched it, but the ref had a pretty strong hand in that one is just weird. It was a weird one for sure. And I wasn't Ryan, happy. Any... I, hope, I hope I leave Saturday happy. Ryan, any final thoughts? I actually thought of something. So after, after you go, I'll take a, uh, I'll take a crack. Just interested to see how tonight's uh, results play out in the Western Conference and how it can impact the playoff picture going forward. Um, I want to say four and some change years ago, uh, a friend of ours collectively and someone who had just very recently started a podcast about his local soccer team DM me on Twitter, and I was able to give him a long list of people who I very much liked who covered other teams in the league that his team was playing in. Uh, a couple weeks later, I ended up on that show, and that show continued to exist and record and be wonderful through highs and lows, through weird Irish coaches coming in, through weird <laughs> racist ownership groups, and Ben Gosshorn and Alex Warren uh, never quite got the credit that they should have uh, for talking jacks. And they announced that this episode coming up this weekend on Saturday uh, is their final episode. Um, go do the thing that Ben wants everyone to do on their Twitter if you are so inclined, if you listen to any of their shows, if you listen to anything to do with Hugh Roberts or anything like that. Um, because those guys are awesome. They are, I, I am incredibly lucky to call Ben a friend. I think we all are. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, and, and that was a wonderful, wonderful podcast. And I hope that they are able to now enjoy their weekends. <laughs> <laughs> now that they're not subjecting themselves to uh, losing their minds talking about a soccer team or what have you. So uh, I'm sure I will do a little voicemail bit for their show. But uh, I figured, at least on this one, to Ben and Alex and uh, and, and Chris, uh, the Talking Jacks crew, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for helping us out and showing up here occasionally and, uh, and just Thank covering you. the Charlotte Independents who certainly have never gotten the amount of coverage that they probably should have. So um, it's a very thankless job, this whole independent uh, media thing. And I'm not playing a tiny violin for myself, but I'm playing a tiny violin for, for Ben and Alex and Chris who do uh, a hell of a job and, and Ben will still be around. And he's actually currently writing a whole thing about how his cynicism in soccer crew, which is really exciting. Um, Cause I like Kurt Vonnegut. Um but uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to to take the time to thank those guys for for the shift that they put in for us and uh, and tell them to to not be strangers for sure. So mm -hmm. there you go, there it is. 
Well done, sir. So yeah, go. Also, the only soccer sticker I've ever gotten with faces of people on it. So good <laughs> on them for making me slap Ben's face on my laptop sticker that I think I ended up taking the MLS draft that year. So mm. there you go. Good job, bud. Anyway, hey, uh, thanks to Icarus FC, Roughneck Scarves, Beautiful Game Network Podcast for sponsoring this. Go check out the 925 podcasts we have down from 926 in light of the recent news about talking jacks uh, on BGN.fm, BGN written as well, USLnews.com. Um, anything else you could possibly want to know about soccer, it's, it's all there. So go do that. Until next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.